And I want to share a message entitled, Stephen, the Fallen Soldier. Stephen, the Fallen Soldier. Now, the screen says Acts 7, 1 through Acts 8, 1. I will not read the entire chapter to you today. But the setting is this. Stephen has been uh, arrested and uh, the, uh, the leadership, uh, to say the least, was not very kind to Stephen. Uh, this story actually depicts Stephen as the very first martyr in the Christian church. The very first person to lose his life uh, for the church and for his faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, I'd like to explore this parts of this passage together today because there are some uh, pretty significant things that I found here that I would love to share with you that we could not only unpack but also apply to our lives. So why don't we try to do that? If you're able to, could I invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word as we check out this passage together? And I'll, uh, I'll be in the New Living Translation today and... Uh, That'll be on the screen, and if you've got your Bible, you can follow along in yours, and uh, together, let's see what God has to say. Let's start in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 7. Then the high priest asked Stephen, are these accusations true? This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. And for the next 48 verses, Stephen shares the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he shares a message that does not sit well with the Jewish leaders uh, that were listening to it. So after that testimony or that message is done, let's fast forward now to verse 51. Okay, Look at verse 51 of the same chapter, Acts 7. You stubborn people. This is his closing. Can you imagine if I closed my sermon like that today? You stubborn people. You are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of of angels. And the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation, and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And then they put their hands over their ears and they began shouting and they rushed at him and they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell to his knees shouting, Lord don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Then verse 1 of chapter 8 says, Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. Let's pray. God, I pray that we would see 
the sacrifice that was made uh, by one of your chosen ones and that we be challenged by that today. So I ask you, Lord, that you would help us to take a look at this soldier in your army, the first martyr, Stephen, and God, that you would challenge us with that. And Lord, we'll thank you for what you do. It's in Jesus' name, and we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. All right. So, Stephen, very first person to lose his life after the church was established in the city of Jerusalem. And God actually used this moment to actually spread the gospel, but that's another sermon later. I want to focus today on uh, what took place when Stephen uh, had this happen to him. Because there are some incredible moments that I want to unpack that I think we can apply to our lives and that we could actually say, yeah, Lord, uh, I want to pursue that. And I would like to give you those moments that we just read about real quick before I let you go. And that's not going to be for a while, but here we go. All right. Nah, I won't go long. Number one, Stephen spoke up. The first moment is the fact that Stephen spoke up. Look again at verses 1 and 2 from Acts 7. The high priest asked Stephen, are these accusations true? And this was Stephen's reply. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran. And you stubborn people, you are... Uh, to verse 51, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what our ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of of angels. So let me let me break this down. Stephen is facing some extreme persecution for his faith right now at this moment. How do you respond when you are receiving pushback for your faith in Jesus Christ? There are some that'll just shrink back. I don't want to offend anybody. Now, by the way, I'm not calling you to be offensive, okay? We got enough of that out there, okay? You realize that when Jesus sent his disciples out there, he said, okay, guys, now I'm going to send you out. It was like the first mission trip in Luke chapter 10. Check it out sometime. And they were going two by two. And Jesus said, okay, now guys, overwhelmingly here, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Uh, sometimes we don't always get that right in the church. And so to avoid offense, sometimes we kind of shrink back and we say nothing. He could deny the Lord. Stephen could have. He could have stayed quiet. He could have chosen not to speak up. He could have made up anything to try to get out of the persecution that he was facing. But I firmly believe this, that the Lord has called the soldiers in his army to speak up. 
do you realize what has taken place in our country in the last few weeks? Okay, do you realize that? Maybe you don't. They're, they're, now, not a beer drinker. I'm, I don't drink alcohol. So, okay, we're good. So, but Bud Light. <laughs> Bud Light decided, hey, uh, we're, going, we're, we're going to go all out and appeal to the transgender crowd. And so they put a transgender person, I, I think, on a few cans. Do you realize what's happened to Bud Light? Their worth has gone down by two-thirds. Okay? Now, that's not just a bunch of redneck bubbas, by the way. <laughs> okay? But when... And, and see, now, Pastor Phil, you hate gay people. No, that, there's no hate. I, have I said I hate anybody? No. We love anybody and everybody. Problem is, though, okay... When you start saying that something that goes against God's word is good, there's a conflict there, see? And righteousness and the truth of God's word needs to be front and center. And when you begin to compromise that, and then you see companies do it, and, and, and you know, just wait. I, I mean, it, it's going to get a little crazy next month, I bet, uh, I think Christians need to wisely speak up because there is a voice out there that is shared by many that have been quiet for some time. But now they're saying, no more. No more of the silliness. Quit telling boys that they can get dressed in a girl's locker room. Quit having men compete in women's sports. Quit, quit. I mean, this is, all, this is all ridiculous. And again, no hate going on here. You know what this is called? Biology. <laughs> and common sense. Parents and grandparents with daughters, uh, you, you need to be afraid for your country. And you really need to watch... Because I promise you, I promise you that we're going to see our values challenged. How does the church respond to that? Does the church say, oh, well, <laughs> just the way it is? I don't think so. I don't think the church needs to be silent. I'm not saying riot. We're not going to turn over cars and burn buildings. That's stupid, by the way. We're not going to make bomb threats. That's ridiculous. We don't, we don't do that in the body of Christ. Can you say amen? amen? But at the same time, we can certainly call right, right, and wrong, wrong. And there's nothing wrong with that. And you might be surprised to know that there's a lot of people who agree with you. What, what's the scripture say in, um, what we got? Jeremiah 20 verse 9. But if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in his name, his word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I'm worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. Wow. What a passionate scripture that is. 
I think we need to be people that are guided by the word of God, not by our emotions, not by our feelings, not by our experiences, not by the friendships that are around us, not by soul, please, not by social media, not by the news. We need to be guided by the word of God. Okay, now listen, listen, listen. We need to pray for the lost. We need to pray for the lost. If somebody is not right spiritually, okay, what do we do? We pray. I don't care what sin they're caught in. They need Jesus just as much as I need them. So I am as lost as that person is without Jesus. So we are not here to pick on one demographic of people. So please understand me there. Anybody who does not know Christ, they need Jesus Christ. If you're in here today, or if you're listening online, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you need Jesus as your Savior. It is life-changing. That's the strength that we have. That's the hope that we have. That's the hope that this world needs. Everything that this world is looking for. It's just a cheap imitation compared to everything that Jesus offers. And the church needs to speak up on that. The church needs to share that. We share it at work. I'm not asking you to get on the public square and start yelling and preaching the four spiritual laws, but could it be that there's somebody in your circle that needs to know that there is a real, authentic, genuine faith in Jesus that they can have, that you could share with them and their life can be changed forever. The church needs to speak up like Stephen did. We need to quit being quiet. The lion needs to wake up. But I got to be straight with you. When every Stephen speaks up, then the enemy, number two, will rise up. Do you think the enemy of our souls is going to say, oh, I think you're right. I'll change. No. No. Uh, Look what happened to Stephen. Verse 54. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation, and they shook their fists at him in rage. You ever have one of those bad sermons, preachers? Okay. But Stephen... But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God, and he saw Jesus standing in the right, uh, in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, "Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand." And they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him, and they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. Can you imagine a bunch of grown men? La, 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 la. I can't hear you. I mean, it's cutting. Everything that Stephen's saying is true, and it's just... But this is what happens. When darkness is confronted with the truth... It shakes up the darkness. It doesn't just subside. Sometimes there will be pushback. Not everybody that I've tried to share Christ with has been receptive. No, they've never shook their their fists at me that I know of. Maybe Maybe they've done this. But not everybody is going to receive it. But you need to understand that they are not your enemy. 
A politician is not your enemy. The, 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 the party that you disagree with is not your enemy. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And I think we have put so much of our battle and so much of our hope in the wrong thing. We're trying to go after people, and then we put our hope in people, and then we're shocked when it doesn't go well. How could this happen? I voted for them. They promised. <laughs> and there's some good, good, wonderful politicians out there, by the way. Like, and, and uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a bunch. There's a bunch. Just got to look for them. And, uh, but, but if your if you're hope is in one of the presidential candidates, your hope's in the wrong thing. So if your guy gets it or not, that's not where your hope lies. Our hope is in Jesus. Because we're fighting a spiritual battle. We're not fighting a political battle. We're not, we're not fighting a, a, uh, uh, even a natural battle. It's a, it's a spiritual one. And you don't win spiritual battles through natural means. I should say that again. You don't win supernatural battles through natural means. You can't do that. We pray, we fast, we seek the Lord. We, we, we do what the Lord tells us. We're led by God's Holy Spirit. That's what we do. And, and, and there is a real enemy of your soul and my soul that does not like what we are doing. Should I tell them about the day we had today, Jonathan? Whew. Before you even come in here, no hot water. Okay, now hair like this doesn't just happen, folks. Okay, maybe it does. But not his. I thought on a Sunday morning, I, gotta, I, and I still don't know what the deal is, so you, you pray. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's the blinker fluid or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> something. But it's the radio. And, 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 but I, and, and what's funny, I told my wife about it. This, this, my wife's in South Carolina, by the way, and with her mother. So we say hi. Um, and uh, she said, the devil's really trying to fight you. So you, you, preach to, you preach today. You and Jonathan, you, you do what God's called you to do today because the enemy's really trying to fight you. The enemy doesn't like it when God's people are trying to do his work. I'm just telling you. And whatever he might use in your case, but understand that oftentimes it's a sign of you doing something right. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come of any kind your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Isn't that what we did today at the house, Jonathan? <laughs> Woo! No hot water! Yeah! Yeah, washing in the sink. Woo! -hoo. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. That's a healthy attitude towards the enemy rising up against us. Thirdly today, the third moment I want to share with you today is the fact that Stephen looked up. <laughs> Stephen looked up 
This, this is a moment. This is a moment. Look at verse 55 again. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, what did he do? He gazed steadily into heaven. The Bible says that he saw the glory of God. Where, where do you look when adversity comes? Now, we say God in here. Okay? But you ain't got no hot water. Are you looking to God then? When, when, when you're in pain, are you looking to God then? When, when, when people that you trusted betray you, are you looking to God then? When, when people who should know better, religious people, try to harm you. That's what Steve, you know what Stephen didn't do? Stephen didn't say, wow. I can't believe I'm being treated by these church people like that. I am never, ever coming back to this place ever again. It's not what he, no, it's not what he did. Because sometimes people don't get it right, and sometimes bad things happen to good people. Jesus even said, in this world, you will have trouble. So how do you respond to that? Stephen looked up. He, he, he didn't look at his accusers that were hurting him and like start, start slandering them or cussing at them or, or just cursing at them. He didn't do that. Because to be quite honest with you, that's real easy. That's easy. When, 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 when somebody hurts me, when someone comes after me, they throw some verbal brick at me. Oh, trust me, I got a whole stack of verbal bricks up here. And rocks and other things. And I could, ju- I could just let it fly. And, and, and then my, that's what my flesh says. And then God says, uh-huh, look to me. Look to me. Yeah, but they posted this about me on, on, on the internets. Look to me. Don't hit send. <laughs> Delete that. Just look to me. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Look to me. Look to me. <sighs> look at the scripture. From Psalm I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. When Stephen was getting brutalized, when Stephen was getting killed, when Stephen was being so mistreated for doing absolutely nothing wrong, he looked to God. Jesus even said that when we start seeing the sign of the times and we start seeing things coming into play that that have been prophesied where he's coming soon. Look what Jesus had to say in this next verse in the book of Luke, verse 21, chapter 21, verse 28. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up for your salvation's near. 
Stephen, you got to look up. Direct your attention to God, not at the ones throwing rocks. Mm. Not at the ones throwing rocks. Don't direct your attention to people who have bigger rocks. Direct your attention to the Lord. The fourth moment I want to unpack for you today. I said, Pastor, how many do you have? 27. No, I don't. But I don't have three. Number four, this, this one's so good. This moment, number four. Jesus stood up. Oh. Oh, we're going to look at this. Look in our text. Check this out. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. You see, some of you, you may not get this. I need a prop. Hi, Hannah. Whoever you're texting, tell them I said hi. Okay, here we go. Now, okay, so, that was awesome. Now, Jesus' position is not one of standing. He's sitting. But the one who is seated next to the Father, stood up and took notice of what Stephen was doing. Maybe I could illustrate it from my soccer dad days. Maybe some of you are like me. When the one kid you're cheering for scores a goal, This is not my response. <laughs> now, he probably wishes it was, because <laughs> he scored a lot of goals. No. I see him kick a goal, be, yeah, yeah, it's my kid. In your face, goalie. Yeah. That's right, my kid. And I, I'm like on my feet. It just, it's, it's me living vicariously through a child. It was just incredible. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Sports moms and dads, you know what I'm talking about, right? And when they make that play. Well, in a greater degree, the Bible tells us uh, and Colossians tells us this. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. You know what I want to do with my life? I want to make Jesus stand up. Add a boy. Add a boy. There you go. That's what I want. <laughs> can, can you imagine 
Why, why was Stephen so taken back by this? Because the one who was seated, when he got a glimpse into heaven, he saw Jesus standing. And I got to believe he was applauding. See, when you endure hardships, you, you got to understand this. Oh, I think God's forgotten about me. I, I, no! When you endure hardships and the difficulties that you go through, you need to know that the Son of God stands and He takes notice of you. And if nobody else is applauding, and if nobody else is standing, and if nobody else is watching, I can tell you this, the Son of God is. And He sees what you're going through. And He sees the battles that you've been through. And yes, it's hard. I am not minimizing what any person is going through. But if you just keep your eyes on Christ and look to Him, I will tell you, the Son of Man stands up. And He says, that's my daughter. That's my boy. That's my kid. Yeah, you can give God praise for that because that's what he does. That's what he does. Hallelujah for that. I got one more. I promise, just one more. Do you want your chair back so you can hide or are you good? Okay. I got one more. Last one. I love her and you know I do. Lastly, the last moment, Paul was shook up. Pastor, where does that say that? Take a look. Take a look how the story ends that we read. They dragged Stephen out of the city, and they began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned him. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. By the way, what amazing last words. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. That's Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Anybody want to guess what happens in Acts chapter 9? There's a man who's on his way to Damascus where a light shines so brightly from heaven that he's actually blinded. And there's this audible call of God on Saul's life. And at that moment, Saul, same guy who's holding the coats, same guy that's saying, yeah, this is right, same guy who went on to persecute the church and became like just a a terrorist against Christianity, that same guy had his life changed completely by God. I'm convinced that this moment that we just read was the beginning of that process. Oh, Stephen, you wonder why you're going through what you're going through? Could it be that for every Stephen in this room, there is a Saul who is watching you and he's waiting to become a Paul? 
Oh, man. How, how, do you think the Holy Spirit just threw that in there? Yeah, hey, we got to throw in who's holding the coats. We, that's an important trivia fact. No, no. The Holy Spirit added that on purpose to show that that was the beginning of the process where Saul, who was agreeing with the death of a Christian, who went on to terrorize the church, had his life completely upended and became the greatest missionary of all time, used by the Holy Spirit to start churches, to write uh, much of the New Testament that we have here today. That Paul, I believe it all started by watching Stephen's reaction. Stephen? hear me. There's a Paul watching you. It might be your own child. But Saul's watching. And God wants to make him a Paul. He might use your reaction to the adversity that you're facing to launch that. It might be at the workplace. You know that coworker that you really don't like? who just annoys you, don't point. <laughs> that one. Could it be, Stephen, that you're going through some of the stuff that you're going through because there is a Saul that's watching how you will respond. And when you get the diagnosis, and when you have the trouble that you're going through, and when, when you're hitting the hardships that you're going to, when you're treated badly, and when you are not having a good day, Saul's watching. I don't know if he's holding the coats. I don't know if he's joining along in the, in the beating, but, but he, he's at least watching. And God very well might transform that person into a Paul. And he may use you to do it. And I promise you, I promise you, Stephen didn't lay there on the ground with rocks pelting him saying, what an opportunity. He had no idea. He had no idea the depth of what was happening in the life of somebody who was merely holding the coats and the jackets of the people that were stoning him. Hear me, the person, you, you might not even be aware that that person's watching you. You might not be aware that that person is watching how you act on social media. You might not have any idea that that family member is watching you to see how genuine your faith in God really is. You may not have any idea that the person in the same office as you is wondering, how is she going to handle this? How is she going to go through this? What's going to happen? You may not have any idea, but that is a Saul. And God might make him or her a Paul or Pauline. <laughs> Stephen, look up. Yeah, the church needs to speak up. And then the enemy will rise up. But that's when we look up. That's when we look up. And when, when we endure hardship and when we endure persecution, I believe the Son of God stands from his seat of honor.
And who knows? There may be a Saul in that home, in that room, in that school, in that business, in that neighborhood. There might be a Saul who God wants to transform into a Paul. And your reaction can bring life to that dream. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Will you stand with me, Jonathan, if you can help me? Did you get anything out of this today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I wrote some thoughts down in my notes. Just three questions. Is there a Stephen in the house today? You're, you're, you're going through it right now. It's discouraging. It's painful. Rocks are painful, by the way. So it's painful. Are you being mistreated? Are you going through some... Has the enemy really risen up against you? Stephen, I want to challenge you to look to the Lord today. Don't look for revenge. Don't even, don't even look for an answer before you look to the Lord first. Look to the Lord. Because he has the answers. He might provide them for you. And I just wonder who your Saul is. Maybe it's your child. Maybe it's your grand, grandchild. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's that person that you see every day. And you think it's just a matter of you getting a polar pop and saying hi. <laughs> and you have no idea that that actually might be a Saul that's waiting to become a Paul. Stephen, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. And let's make the Son of God stand up and make him so proud. So, Lord, if there's a a Stephen in this place, we look to you right now. We look to you. Stephen, will you just look to the Lord right now? Maybe you just want to raise your hand to the Lord and say, God, I need you. I need you. I don't even understand this. I don't even get this. I don't know why it's going on. I don't know why it won't go away. I don't know why I feel this way. But maybe you just need to look, look up. God, every Stephen in this room, I pray that you would hear our cry. Hear our cry. And I pray, Lord God, that we would respond with forgiveness. God, that we would respond with grace. God, that we would just keep our eyes set on you. Release us from having to seek revenge or to even get even. God, instead, we look to you. We look to you. Jesus, I want to make you stand up. Jesus, I want to make you take notice that I'm going to be a good soldier here, God. And I'll stay as like you as I can as long as I can. So Lord, I pray for every Stephen that's in this place that's going through battle, mistreated, going through stuff. We ask you, Jesus, that you 
would just surround them with your Holy Spirit and be with them. And God, specifically, I want to pray for every Saul that's in our circle who's watching us. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would use us, even before we say a word, God, that you would use our relationship with you to speak loudly and that you would transform the Saul's in our lives into Paul's. So, Lord, I pray for those kind of amazing things to take place within those in our, in our room here today and those watching us online. So have your way, Jesus. Lord, go with us. Go with us. Keep us safe. God, undoubtedly, there might be some that need to linger here and just talk to you for a little bit. I pray, Jesus, that, uh, that you'd meet with us and us with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to remain here for a little bit and pray, feel free to do so. You can come to the front and pray. You can pray at your seat. But if God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you.